0: Okay, now they've got to talk before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby, GA Star, Declan Kirby, GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Eason's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into it.
1: Welcome back to the GAA Fan
0: TV Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Matthew Hurley from the GA Statsman Podcast. We're going to be running through the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. We're going to be reviewing the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship in greater detail. We're going to be grading every county from A to F based on their performance in 2021 in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. And obviously in the league as well. We'll compare the two together and in terms of how counties uh, performed in the entirety of the championship so we'll be going through each county individually we'll go through the joe McDonough cup teams briefly as well and also i suppose we'll we'll touch on some of the lower tier hurling sides as well from the christy ring and whatnot but we won't go into too much detail we'll focus on i suppose the munster and the leinster sides and i suppose we'll start with the the munster championship match we'll get straight into it i suppose cork first of all that was the the team I wanted to start with obviously because you're a, a Cork man yourself and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts I suppose after the the Limerick defeat like how I suppose a few weeks have passed now like how's the how's the form after that defeat because it was a, it was a heavy defeat but I suppose at the same time like Limerick were just uh, immense on the day.
1: Exactly what's uh, the word you Rod brought the words over my mouth yeah Cork were just A bit behind Limerick, but I suppose like the footballers was a bit disgraceful after the Kerry performance. I thought there was more in the team, but against Limerick, like this Limerick team, just a monster of a side. And no matter what they did at the end, like cracking hurlies and you know, dirty folds and all that, throughout the game, they were just outstanding. And we simply had no answer to it. I suppose when Kingston scored, the whole of Cork started jumping up and down and the fans inside the stadium, but. It just wasn't to be, look, Limerick, just a much better side. But the season overall, look, it was improvement considering we lost the Tipperary with the qualifiers in 2020. Cork Hurling looked to be on a bit of a downer, but we brought in the young players. And look, we beat Kilkenny, we beat Dublin Clare. I suppose most people say it would probably be an easier side to draw rather than the likes of Waterford to Tipperary, who we'll get on to later. But look, this Cork team... Look, it's improving. Um, Limerick were just a much better team. And I suppose the main aim for Cork next year is to win a Munster Championship. That's the start. And then we can go on towards All-Irelands. And another thing, another interesting aspect is Hockey. How long will he go? I think he's going to go again next year. Like, he's going to be 34 next year. And look look at the young players coming through. You'd be thinking Hockey's kind will be kind of stupid to retire now because I think Cork Hurling is definitely on the up but there's a question when this car team will win the other because this Limerick team, it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. They look like the Dublin of today and they look, they look like they're going to win the other years to come. So it'll be interesting in the next few years, but definitely progress for Cork, but Limerick, the much better team.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when you got that goal as well from Shane Kingston, like you were saying before, like cause Limerick don't concede that many goals normally, like in, you seen Shane Kingston bursting down the left hand side, just run straight through the Limerick defence. You thought, Jesus, maybe Cork might actually be onto something today, like because that's their strengths really, is getting those goals and Shane Kingston starting the the game on a like you know a house on four. But Limerick just nullified it straight away. So I suppose like it was uh, like really impressive from from a Limerick point of view. But I suppose for Cork in, in general, like what would you grade them then on the on the season? I suppose on twenty twenty one in general, what would you what would you go for?
1: I don't know if my fellow Corkmen be angry about this, but I don't hear Cork as a B. I think, look, it's a fair assessment. Look, we're in the Ireland final. We finished mid-table in the league. And I suppose most people would argue we were on the easier side of the draw compared to the likes of Water and Tipperary. And the two games against Limerick, yes, in the Munster Championship, we were beaten quite comprehensively, but I don't think Limerick were at their best that day. And then in the final, obviously, we were destroyed, so... And you have to take into consideration, Claire could have beat us in the qualifier as well if things went differently. That Tony Kelly shot, brilliant save by Pat Collins. Dublin, obviously, at the COVID issue, we, we don't know how, how they could have really recovered from it after a two-week layoff. And Kilkenny, who traditionally, this year anyway, struggled against Munster counties, and they took us extra time in a position where we shouldn't have really got the extra time. We should have cleared the ball out. But... Overall, I'd probably give us a B. Look, it's progress, as I said, and I think other counties are slightly ahead of us, say showed short against Limerick. Yes, Limerick were the much better side, but you'd have to question, would a side like Watford or Tipperary or any of them, would have challenged Limerick more? It'll be an interesting aspect to see it that way, but overall a B, I think.
0: Yeah, I've gone for a B as well, actually. I think, like, I don't think he can give them an A or, or anything like that. I know getting to the All Ireland final is a big achievement, but I think a county like Cork really should be, you know, an A should be an All Ireland for them, considering their history, you know, the second most successful team at All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship level, and obviously haven't won an All Ireland in such a long time. So I don't think he can quite justify an A. and. Like what you said before there as well, their their route to the final. I think that's kind of what people are kind of questioning. Is they didn't have to play a Waterford, they didn't have to play a Tipperary, they didn't have to play a Galway. Like, and I suppose it is worth remembering that Galway and Tipperary probably flattered to the in the championship anyway. So, you know, who's to say Cork wouldn't have beat them along the way? But yeah, I suppose it's an interesting one because it's like, you know, you see some people and you're saying of Cork actually progressed, have they actually made progress? Like, what do you think? Do you, do you think he's have made progress or is it still maybe you know, going along the kind of same levels as what we've seen before?
1: I don't think it's the levels we've seen before because like 2016, you, know, you could go back. We lost to Wexford, and that was a disgrace coming back to Cork. Even 2050, we got hammered by Galway at the stadium and the fans, it was getting nasty that day and Cork hurling was on a downer that time and even when we won Munster in the semi-finals, we just seemed to be off the pace a bit. This year, once we got to the semi-finals, we blew Kilkenny out of the water in the second half. We should have won the game in normal time, but we didn't. But I suppose it's a 1st star Ireland final appearance since 2013. Daddy's progress, in my opinion, no matter how easy the route was. But looking at our youngsters coming through, an under-20 and minor, like we obliterated them championships this year and... That could, could usually be said about a Cork minor team or under 20 team in the last few years. That's the grade we historically struggled in over the last few years. So, look, I I think it's progress for this Cork team. Yes, you're correct in saying All Ireland is the pinnacle for Cork, but look, you have to start somewhere. You have to start at the bottom. You can't start at the top. And this Cork team has progressed, in my opinion. And the question is, when will they win this all Ireland? Because this Limerick team doesn't seem like it's going to stop. That's the only negative about the season for Car. Because Limerick are just so good at the moment.
0: Yeah, like I'd agree with you as well. I think like any side that really gets to a, an all around final on any level, really, like considering you know where they've been over the past couple of years, I think it's definitely, it definitely is progress. Although you could argue maybe just the teams that they've come up against, but. I suppose, like, at the same time, Kilkenny are still a, a top-class team. You know, they've been they've been there, thereabouts for the past couple of years. They've all-Ireland winners in there. And it wasn't like they breezed past Kilkenny or anything like that. Like, they had to come from behind. They had to really, really work for it. So... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that one. And like looking at the final again, like I suppose a lot of people like I've seen on Twitter and whatnot, maybe saying oh, it was a bit embarrassing for Cork and maybe this defeat might set them back, you know, a number of years. Like, I don't know what you think personally. Like I, I actually disagree with that kind of analogy really, because I do think you do have a number of players coming through under 20 level. Like you've won, you won the delays 2020 final. And then you won the 2021 final as well. You've great minors coming through. So, like, okay, yeah, fair enough, Patrick Horgan might retire maybe in the next couple of years, but you're, you're in as, as good a position as anyone, really, to stop Limerick's dominance, you'd have to say, over the next couple of years.
1: Definitely agree with you there, absolutely. And you look at even the 20... I was looking back at the 2013 panel that reached the, of the final. Only two remain this year in Patrick Horgan and Seamus Harpney. So, look, the squad is very young. There's going to be wins in the next few years, but we have to take our beatings first. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. So, look, this car team will improve, but I even go back to Watford against Kilkenny in 08. That was a demolition that day, and you could have easily said Watford would lie down. Two years later, they win a Munster Championship under David Fitz. So, look, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think this car team has potential, and it definitely proved that potential this season. It did the previous seasons, especially last season when we lost to Watford in the Munster Championship. So, Look, it is progress. I think, will we win another next year? I don't think so. I The only reason really is because Lidbert are just so far ahead of us. Will we win us in three or four years? I think so. Yes, I think we have an excellent uh, crop of young players coming through. I think Keir Kingston, he takes no favourites in the team. You look at him dropping Shane King, his son Shane at the semi Look, like That must have been easy whatsoever. And then Shane proves... Proves him wrong and scores seven points against Kilkenny when coming on. So, look, there's no favouritism with the manager. And then you look at the coaching staff we have at the moment in the Rock. We have Don Grady. We have George Cunningham as well, who did reasonably well enough for Dublin as as well. And he knows car curling inside out. So, look, the future's on the up for this car team. But the key for the car fans is just to be patient with them. Don't don't slag them off. Just forget about it, put this result under the carpet and move on to next year because I think we have the players to definitely win the All Ireland within the next five years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, they were coming up against one of the the great teams in in Limerick. Like, and I mean, their performance in in that final in particular was unbelievable. Like, and we'll we'll get on to them in a moment. I suppose we'll continue along the lines of, of Munster and I suppose we'll go in alphabetical order. We'll have a look at Claire. Um, I suppose, like a, an interesting season for Clare. I mean, they were beaten by Antrim in the opening day in the league. Um, and I don't think many people could have imagined really the the turnaround that they had and, and some of the hurling that they played. Like, fair enough, they got beaten the second round of the qualifiers, but given that they brought through players like Aidan McCarthy and, and Mark Rogers, and, you know, Tony Kelly still in there, like it, it's still a positive year for, for Clare, in my opinion. They showed a lot of progress. And like what you said, like if Tony, if that chance for Tony Kelly goes in the back of the net, I mean, they probably would have beat Dublin. Who knows against Kilkenny? We could have been talking about Clare going up against Limerick uh, in an All Ireland final. So, you know, that save by Patrick Collins in in many ways was kind of like a sliding doors moment because it allowed Cork to to go on and obviously it knocked Clare out. But what would you give them anyway? I've gone with a C personally. I think um, I think it's a it's it's a progress definitely in in my opinion. But obviously they they do want to still be striving to to get back to where they were, I suppose, in 2013.
1: Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you, Aaron. i put on the C as well. I think, look, it wasn't above expectations. It wasn't below expectations. It's where Clare are at the moment. Like, the own players will improve over the next few years. And you could say over the two games that they got knocked out in, Tipperary especially, I thought, was a disgraceful decision to get Tipperary back in the game. And Clare should have won that game in the Munster semi-final. You could see the expression of Brian Lohan's face afterwards. Then against Wexford, they could have easily laid down and um, just felt sorry for themselves, but they came out with the traps firing in that game in the first half, and ultimately that's what won it for them. Against Cork, you could argue Clare would have been in the other of the final, but you could also argue Patrick Collins kind of saved Clare, because Clare might have got a hammering in the other And of the final, and yeah. look, we could, well, you could look at it that way, definitely, but and it was a saving grace. So Park Collins is going to get a statue outside Cusack Park. You you never know, but but I suppose, yeah, C is probably the fair assessment here. I think Um, they didn't perform above expectations, below expectations. And I suppose against Antrim, we might have said Clare were disgraced that day, but maybe it was because John Condon, let's not forget, was in his first state centre-back. He's proved to be a very good centre-back, very good option for Clare this season. So, they were building the team that time, a new team under Brian Lohan. And the news that just came out of the last few weeks, Brian Lohan is going to stay with Clare, I believe. So thank God for that, because he's an absolute excellent coach for Clare and deserves more recognition. And he is a passion for Clare Hurling. And he, he's definitely the right man to take these young players forward. So if Tony Kelly's firing an all cinders next year and these young lads like, as you said, Mark Rogers or Kyle Malone or... Aiden McCarthy fire next year, Clare could could do well next year, maybe even a most refined appearance. And on a good day against Limerick, where Limerick are off of the small bit and Clare are bang on it. Who knows? But for now, C is probably a fair assessment.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'd I'd agree with you on that one. Like and like even looking through, like I've seeing there, like they actually like at the time of when they got knocked out of the championship, like they create more chances than anyone else and they had more wides than anyone else in, in the championship at that moment in time. And that kind of tells you that the potential is there. Like if you're creating those chances and you've players like Tony Kelly, Aidan McCarthy, you know, maybe you've got a couple of players back from injury next year and a few more, you know, younger players come into the panel. Fair enough, their underage setup doesn't look too good at the moment compared with other counties. But like when they're creating those chances and creating those opportunities, like they definitely have, uh, they definitely have a chance to, to go on and, and maybe do something kind of special next year.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned they're underage. It's it's kind of a terrible year for Clare. They got hammered by Cork in the first day, but when you consider that Cork minor team hammered everybody else in that championship, maybe it doesn't look so bad for Clare. Just Cork were just unbelievable. Look, So, I think there is positives for this Clare team, and if they keep lowing over the next few years, they keep these young players around, grounded. Tony Kelly stays around for the next few years. I think he's in his mid-20s now, if I'm not mistaken. So, he has a good few years left ahead of him. So, look, this Clare team has the potential to fire. I think if they improve in their shooting next year, who knows where they can go. But for now, I think, look, it was a pro- progress of a season for Clare. Look, they lost to Antrim, and yeah, people were saying it was graceful. But at the end of the season, Clare fans are pretty, pretty happy with the season gone by. So, Look, there's positive signs for Claire, especially if Brian Lohan stays for the next few years, definitely.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the big thing as well as the Brian Lohan situation. Like, does he stay or does he not stay? And I suppose there's been some discussion about him staying and I've seen a few of the Claire players, Tony Kelly in particular, talking about, you know, how he needs to stay and you know, that would be a big worry, wouldn't it, if he wasn't kept on because, you know, you'd have to wonder then is, you know, because all, all the question marks have been over clear in the past couple of years have been about the county board and behind the scenes and what's going on. And I certainly don't know all the ins and outs of what is going on and what isn't going on, but it would be worrying, in my opinion, if they didn't keep Brian Lohan on, because I do think he's made progress. He's made changes to the team. He's done the hard part a little bit by bringing true Aiden McCarthy, Mark Rogers, a few of the other lads, He's had to change the backroom team, you know, and obviously competing with Limerick who've just rose through the ranks in, in recent seasons. So that would be a worry, wouldn't it? If he, uh, if he wasn't kept on, because then you'd probably have to say that there's probably much bigger problems going on behind the scenes at, at Clare at the moment.
1: There is big problems. I've been hearing for multiple of Clare fans there, there is problems behind the scenes. I really feel sorry for the Clare fans because they deserve a lot better. They're, Historic hurling county. They won the all Ireland as recently as 2013. So they are big hurling county. And look, as I've mentioned with Cork, Rome was a build to the day. Bro, I know maybe the first two years weren't perfect for Clare, but you could see the guy he's building. He's building this team and to bigger and better things. Like I even go to, I suppose, the Premier League a few years ago. Like Tottenham finished 5th under Pochettino in 2015. And people were saying... Is he good enough for Tottenham and all that? The next season, Tottenham finished third and then they finished second and it was progress for them. Maybe they didn't win a trophy afterwards, but they were competitive in the Champions League even. So the same situation applies to Clare. Look, he's building a team. You have to be patient with him. The Clare County Board has to be patient with him. It's so crucial that, that this happens. And to keep players like Tony Kelly happy, because if Tony Kelly isn't happy, what's the point in having him? Because... You know if he's not happy playing, he's hurling, doing his skills. What's the point in having him? And uh, what's the point in playing for Claire? Like so, Brian Lowan, it's essential he stays in this Clare team because without him, I don't know who they'll go for, to be honest, because he there's no better man other than himself and Davy Fitz. Well, let's be honest, David Fitz is not going to go back to Clare. So, other than Davy Fitz and Brian Lowan, there isn't really them, that fella with a bit of passion in Claire. So I suppose Brian Lohan is the guy to take the forward, but the county board, it's so crucial. They have to be patient and give him another two or three years at least.
0: We'll move on to Limerick anyways. And I suppose Limerick, like, I mean, it's an obvious A. I mean, there's no arguments with that whatsoever. I mean, i just looking through their, their whole 2021 as a whole. Like I remember going back to the league and they were beaten by Galway, beaten by Waterford. And maybe some people were starting to question Limerick and maybe thinking, are they the same team as what they did last year? you know? Can they go and win back-to-back All-Irelands, which obviously they haven't done for you know, quite a long time, So, or I don't think they've done in their history. So, I mean, to go and and, and do that, go and win the All-Ireland, but not just win the All-Ireland, like the way they've done it, 10 points down against Tipperary, came back and blitzed them, comfortably seen off Waterford, never in doubt, and then obviously just completely blitzed Cork, like what we are saying before, like 3-18 in the first half, I mean, to rack up a score like that and 35 minutes of hurling at any level really is just incredible stuff. And I mean, like we, we truly are witnessing one of the best teams of, of a generation, it has to be said.
1: Absolutely. Just a superb team, a historical team, definitely for the ages. And even going back to your point there, 380 in the first half, 316 came from play in that half. Like, my God, like you'd never, ever see that in an All Ireland final again. It was... It was absolutely incredible. Just all their forwards just seemed to click. Like, Garrod Hagerty wasn't performing well, for example, up until the final. And then, boom, he scores 2-2 in the first half. Like, that's, that's a sign these Limerick players, when something isn't right in the, in the last few games, they could just turn it on just like that. And you look at Cade Lynch as well. Jeez, the guy is an absolute baller. And you look at Tom Morrissey, maybe a bit underrated in the half-forward line. Well, to be fair, the other two might seem to do all the all the skills and the tricks, but he seems to do all the dirty work. Aaron Galan is another player, maybe overlooked a bit this year. Peter Casey could have been down and out after the semi-final dismissal. He goes and scores five points in the first half. Like, every one of them players were at it. You look at Sean Finn in the backs. I haven't seen a player as consistent as him over the last few years. Maybe Paul Flynn in football for Dublin getting multiple all-stars in a row. Nicky Quaid, superb goalkeeper. Like, every position in that team, like, you could argue who in the country would get on that Limerick team. I suppose Tony Kelly, there's an argument for Tony Kelly, TJ Reid, Hoggy, maybe. But other than that, it's it's an absolute superb team and they're strong, they're fit, they're athletic. You even look at their midfielders as well, Will O'Donoghue, Darrell O'Donoghue, getting up and down the field. What a team. What a team. And they'll probably go on and win. They, they could be a team that could replicate Dublin's five in a row. Definitely. Maybe even more. Because I don't see this slimmer team stopping. No matter how improved Cork have been or Liam Sheedy leaving Tipperary and surely they'll bring through the youngsters next year, the exciting youngsters. Liam Cahill staying in Water. That doesn't matter. If this slimmer team is honest again and again and again, They'll they'll blitz everybody next year and I suppose hurling is dead that way, but I suppose every fan just has to sit back and admire this team because it's just a wonder to watch.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think it is a realistic goal as well for uh, for Limerick at, at this stage. Like considering they've won two All-Irelands in a row, they've won three in the last four years, and like what you said, like they just have so much influence all across the pitch. I mean, from Gerard Hegarty, like what you said, he scored two-two in the final like if one player doesn't turn up, they'll have someone else to turn up like Keen Lynch will will step it up. And then Tom Morrissey will, you've got Graham Mulcahy coming off the bench, Shamie Flanagan's obviously, you know, he was coming off the bench last year. He's come into the starting 15 this year. And he's been very impressive as well. And a very underrated player uh, in a, in a full forward. So they just do seem to have so many options all across the pitch. And like what you said, it's an interesting point that I suppose I didn't really think about when you were saying what other players would maybe make it into the Limerick team. And, you know, you, you could argue, yeah, maybe Tony Kelly could get in there, Patrick Horgan, but I think if it was John Coyley and Paul Connery, they'd probably just say, "Look, listen, we'll stick to to what to what we have here," because it's not just the the scoring or the points or or you know the the tricks and all the rest. It's just the way they all play together. They all they all seem to kind of play on the same wavelengths. Like they look like they've been doing it for the past ten years. Like, and you, and you, you do forget as well. Like they've such a young team, like such a you know, 2018, you know, there was a lot of players who came up from the under-20 side in 2017. So, like, it is uh, it is mad to think, and, and they definitely could be a side to to really kick on and, and dominate over the next couple of years now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, another thing as well that uh, struck me, I think it was John Coyley or Gerald Hagerly, one of them, maybe both said this, but each and every one of them players will die for each other. They'll die out on the pitch. They'll die trying... They, they're just a superb outfit and they don't just have skill. They have tenacity. They want to win. And that's just a sign of an unbelievable side. And you'd be right in saying, yes, Tony Kelly, Pat, Patrick Horgan TJ Reid, outstanding players, outstanding individual players. But that team unity, that team bond, it'll be probably broken if one of them players come in, in all honesty. Like even you, he did even take one of the bench players above him because at least they both have, you know, they know what the panel is about and they are super players coming off the bench as well. Like, even look at the young players coming through as well. Cahill Coughlin from centre-back, Cahill O'Neill from the forwards. Like, this this is just going to continue year on year. And you look at even Pat Ryan, who's in and out of the team, super player David Reedy. Like Seamus Flanagan was a bench player last year the year before and he's come in and done an outstanding job. Peter Casey was at the bench in the 2018 all Ireland the finals. So, look, it's a bit like Dublin. It reminds me of Dublin definitely in the 2000s, that five-in-a-row team. If one player isn't performing at top-notch, another player will come in and strike five points. That's just the nature of Limerick. They're a superb outfit. Definitely deserve an A in this and they'll probably win I would say four or five in a row, maybe even six or seven. It's we'll never know, but it's an absolute superb team, superbly coached, and a witness and um, joy to witness.
0: Yeah, and it's mad to think as well, like how far they've come. Because obviously you mentioned Dublin there, like winning five in a row, and fair enough, Dublin went sixteen years without winning an All Ireland. But Dublin are are Dublin, you know, with all due respect, they're a capital city. They've obviously played a majority of their games in Crow Park. They've, you know, a huge amount of resources that obviously is well documented at this stage. Limerick, on the other hand, side of things, like they went 45 years without winning All-Ireland, you know, made a couple of All-Ireland final appearances here or there, but I can even think back to, funny enough, when Limerick played Dublin, actually, I think it was 2015 or 2016 or something like that in a qualifier game. And I think Limerick beat us by a point or, or we beat them by a point. But I remember coming out of the game and thinking jesus like we should have beat limerick that day like we you know like being disappointed with the with the result like and it does show like how far they've come and, and certainly like i'm hoping to to maybe get someone on the inside and from limerick to come on the podcast at some stage to discuss it more because it is just mad like 45 years without winning all ireland and then they go and they win one they win three monster titles and you know two more all irelands three national leagues like it's uh incredible stuff and whether it's JP McManus or Paul Connerc or John Coyley I mean a huge amount of credit has to go to all of them really because to to turn things around the way they did like I mean it, it does just go to show that you can go from being you know huge underdogs to to serial winners in the GEA, like it isn't impossible
1: absolutely and even look I suppose even recent history 2015 I remember Limerick were playing your county Dublin and then all are the qualifier I don't know is that the game you're thinking of they were cruising at half time and then lads like David Dotsie O'Callaghan and Paul Ryan and all of them drove Dublin back into the game and Dublin won it and you'd be questioning where is Limerick hurling going here because no disrespect to Dublin they were growing under Joe Cunningham that time but you were questioning that where is Limerick hurling going and then they lose to Clare in 2016 the qualifiers and 2017, it was a year that kind of struck me. Like, Cork started performing well. We beat Tipperary in the first round of Munster. And I was just chatting to a few friends in my old school about our plot to the Munster final. Like, we were going to go into the Waterford game, and I was thinking, look, we're on the hard side of the draw. And then the other side, you have a look at Claire Limerick. And one of my friends to me saying, look, Claire, decent side, Tony Kelly and all that. And he ultimately dismissed Limerick. That's what we taught at Limerick in 2017. Now, this was the year before they won the All irelands They were they were dumped out of the All Ireland Championship then by Kilkenny in the qualifiers, where they didn't perform well at all. And then 2018, they won the All Ireland. So, it's a testament to what John Coyley and Paul Connor and JP McManus have done. It isn't, you, you know, it isn't. You you would argue it was driven by money, but when you look at the years before that it was qualifier defeat after qualifier defeat. And you had to question where was Limerick going at that point? A year later in 2018, they win the all Ireland. They win three All-Irelands over the next four years. The rest is history. Look, it's a superb job that all of them have done and they definitely deserve credit for that.
0: Yeah. Like, and I suppose the money thing kind of always gets thrown at counties, you know, when they start being successful, like you're seeing a few people do it with Offaly now at the moment. And, like I'd have to disagree. Like, I think I fair enough. Like I can understand maybe why some people want to discredit other counties' achievements, but I think it's not just as simple as, you know, this isn't FIFA or Ultimate Team or anything like that. You can't just throw money at something and then, you know, all of a sudden start buying all the best players. Like there's a lot of work that needs to go into it at underage level, you know, facilities, you know, conditioning, everything needs to be right from the top all the way down to the bottom um and yeah like what you said with John Coyley like he was obviously manager back in 2017 when they actually got beat like and I think some people forget that like and obviously the Limerick County Board they they stuck with him and in 2018 you know he had the ultimate achievement and it is mad to think with John Coyley because he he sort of probably doesn't get the credit he deserves in my opinion and I think it's probably partly down to him as well because he does such a good job complimenting Paul Conurk and he was even saying in a press conference, I think um, after the Waterford game, that it was Paul Connery who who made the switch at one of the water breaks. So, like he's so brilliant at giving other people the credit and giving players the credit, but like he has to take a huge amount of credit as well because, you know, to to win those three All Irelands and to be the ma- the manager and to manage that team and to get them playing the way they the way they have been playing, I mean, it's uh, incredible stuff from from John Coyley.
1: It is incredible stuff and it's interesting you go back to the money issue. I suppose you could argue Dublin, awfully Limerick, disgrace. But the the reason people are saying disgrace and all that is because they don't look into the details of what they do with that money. Prime example would be my own County Cork, how we spent the money over the last few years. There's no point in putting money into something if there's no plan behind it. And um, a prime example would be the footballers with us as well. I don't think Rona McCarthy, for example, is good enough for the car footballers. And we have money behind us with the Sports Direct deal. Again, there's no point in putting uh, money and resources into it unless you don't have the right men in, in place at the start. You look at Limerick and Dublin. You look at now with Shane Lowry and Michael Dyklin. All these counties have something in common. They have the right men in the right place at the right time doing their stuff. And that has to be credited. This money team. Look, it has to be done correctly first. It, it can't, you can't just um, do a financial takeover, as you said rightly in FIFA, and expect everything to be rosy in the garden. Work has to be done behind the scenes, definitely. And you look at Limerick at Dublin, it's, it's proved dividends, and it's going to prove dividends to, to Offaly for the next few years as well. So, look, you can't just throw money at the situation and expect everything to be all right again. There's work that needs to be done behind the scenes like look, the prime example would be Cork and how it's done badly. How it's done better would be Limerick, Dublin, and awfully in the future, potentially.
0: Yeah. I suppose moving on, we'll we'll discuss Tipperary. Um, I suppose uh, an interesting year for Tipperary. I mean, showed some good signs of hurling, like obviously got that win over Claire, but like what you said, obviously that was kind of, you know, I suppose overshadowed by the Aiden McCarthy incidents, um, where obviously Tipperary got a penalty kind of, you know down by the sideline it should never have been given a, a penalty Um, so they showed some good, good signs of hurling but in the end like getting beat by Waterford and obviously you know they had that 10 point lead against Limerick and threw that game away like they were extremely poor in the second half so I mean what have you gone with here?
1: I don't know what most very fans agree with this maybe they'll say under this or over this I'm going to go for D I think look they beat Clare they decently campaign like they in that first half against Lindbergh, you would have given A for that alone. But then the rest of the championship wasn't great whatsoever. They lost to Watford. They weren't answers against Watford. They missed some crucial goal chances. And imagine if Tipperary converted them goal chances, what would we be giving them here? But for now, yeah, D, I'd oh, have to give because C, in my eyes, is probably in line with expectations. Tipperary have been under expectations over the last few years and I think it was the right time for Liam Sheedy to go. It'll be interesting to see who replaces him now because Liam Cahill obviously is staying with Watford. Davy Fitz maybe could go to Tipperary. That would be very interesting. But me, me all don't who seems to be the favourite. I don't know. Would that be the right decision? I don't know what Tipperary fans think about that. But for now, it's a D's affair assessment. And what disappointed me, as I've said previously in other videos, they didn't read through the young players enough. They just stuck with the old talent, I suppose, Brendan Maher, Noel McGrath, they've done well over the last few years, but look, time moves on. And, you know, I even did a scoring chart for Tipperary over the last few games, you know, in those recently, I think Roland Maher, their fullback, was in their top six scores. You would expect Noel McGrath to be there, for example. He wasn't there. You could see he's past his best. Look, this Tipperary, most of this Tipperary team is past their best. They should have brought through the young players this year. And for that, I'd have to give him a D.
0: Yeah, I probably will disagree with you at some point, but I've gone with a D as well, funny enough. Like, I think, yeah, I think like the first half against Limerick, I think was really like, I was kind of close to giving them a, an F, to be honest with you. But I think after what, like, in the first half against Limerick, they still were very, very impressive. Like, they gave Limerick as good as a test as we've really seen over the past two years. Like, they did have Limerick on the ropes. Fair enough. Limerick completely turned it around in the second half, but it is a game of two halves, and you can't dismiss what good hurling Tipperary showed in the in the first half. But like what you said, like it is an aging team. And I suppose Liam Sheedy probably didn't really bring through the, the younger players in the league. Like he didn't really test them out. And you would feel now with Liam Sheedy stepping away and, and someone coming in that isn't Liam Cahill, that there probably is going to be a real transition now for the next year or so for Tipperary. I mean, it could work in their favour. We've seen with Limerick and they brought through a number of players, you know, in, in 2018, it worked very well for them. But I suppose it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting watch now for Tipperary over the next couple of years.
1: It is gonna be interesting over the next couple of weeks, never mind years. Who they bring in as manager? Like Mihaljov, who's been touted around as the favorite. I, I I honestly don't know. Like he speaks well on podcasts. To be fair to him, he's a well-educated guy, but he's won one All Ireland with Galway. I don't know is that considering the talent Galway have. I don't know is that a real good achievement, considering 2018, they were heavy favourites and lost the other the final. 2019, they finished in the group. So, would that be an inspiring appointment for Tipperary? Oh, it's very hard to know. Like, Davy Fitz is a bit like Jose Mourinho in soccer. It's a one-year or two-year fix. Tipperary need a future fix. So, it's it's going to be hard to see where they go with Like Liam Cahill would have been the obvious choice, but Rightly so, he's stuck with Watford. He wants to finish what he's already started. Fair play to him for that decision, but I'm not sure very fans would be happy with that. I don't think they'd be hating Liam Calder or anything, but they would have wanted him to lead these young players into the senior team. And you look at some of them senior players now, retired Brendan Barber, being the force of them over the last few weeks. So a lot of them are going to drop like flies, and them young players aren't getting the experience. So... I don't know, would Tipperary be in a bit of a rut in the next few years thinking about it? Like, it's going to be a tough process to get through. It's going to be interesting who they appoint as manager in the next few weeks, first of all. And then will that manager bet in the young players what Liam Sheedy didn't do this year? So it's going to be very interesting to watch this. And yeah, Tipperary Hurley could be in a bit of a rot over the next few years.
0: Yeah, it be an interesting one, all right. I mean, they certainly do have a lot of good players coming through, you know, the under-20s. Obviously, they won an under-20 All-Ireland under Liam Cahill there not too long ago. So, I suppose they do have the talent coming through, but it is a question of, you know, you don't want to be, if you're rushing all the players in at the same time, like, you kind of want to bring those players through slowly, through league games, maybe through when you have pre-season tournaments and whatnot. And it does feel like now they're going to have to probably, like, throw players into the deep end a bit. And... Like what you said there, like I do think Liam Cahill was was right, in my opinion, actually, to to stay at Waterford because I understand maybe why a lot of people were kind of surprised, like a lot of Tipperary fans I've seen were very shocked by the fact that he wanted to stay at Waterford. But when you really look at it, like you know, who is he gonna win an All Ireland with quicker? I'd have to say Waterford at, at this moment in time, in my opinion. I think he has a settled squad there. He knows the players inside and out. Um, and I suppose we'll speak about Waterford now like I've, I've gone with uh, I've given them a B like I think on the basis of beating Galway and Tipperary I think that's the main reason why I've kind of put them there like I think they had a very tough route to, to that All-Ireland semi-final and they did actually have a lot of goal chances in, in that Limerick game as well like and you know, who knows like if Austin Gleeson puts one or two of them away or they get a little bit more rubber to green like maybe then they could have you know brought it back a little bit closer but I suppose it, you know, it, it's it, it wasn't the second season syndrome that I think a lot of people thought Waterford would get under Liam Cattle, but I suppose at the same time, it, you know, they will be disappointed once again to end the season on on a, another defeat to Limerick.
1: I'd be surprised again, Aaron. I definitely agree with you. How long is this going to continue? But um, yeah, I, I'd give them a B as well. They were look they against Limerick, they kind of got slaughtered, but at the same time, they were. After their fourth week in a row, like that's going to take a toll on the players. Like the first half, they came out flying out of the traps. And I suppose when Jamie Barron came into the team, they started performing well. And even you look at, they've ordered a few gems in fairness, like Peter Hogan's done well at midfield. Austin Gleason. I've already said he's, he's just an unbelievable hurler. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. You look at even the talent coming off the bench, and you have the mastermind behind you, Liam Cahill. Like, I suppose after the leash game, people were maybe edging towards an F, in all honesty, because they were poor against Clare. Leash, maybe on another day, should have beat them. But then against Galway, that superb first half performance and first 20 minutes of the second half. And then against Tipperary, they took their goal chances when they got them. And the first half against Limerick, they performed well, but they just ran out of steam in the end. I suppose that was a topic that went long into the weeks afterwards. Should a hurling team be after four weeks? Like I personally think they shouldn't. I think they need their break. But I suppose it was a COVID year, so hopefully this sort of situation never happens again. But as I said, yeah, be superb. And maybe people might argue that Watford were the second best team in the country, considering one day lost by Leicester Lindbergh. And two, they had a harder um, run to the semi-final at least than Cork did, meeting Galway and Tipperary, who would usually be there, thereabouts. So, look, it was a good year for Watford yet again, and they'll improve. not they'll improve even more now next year under Liam Collins? It's support that he stayed on. He's done the right thing, and long live Waterford hurling. Because look, it's it's looking rose in the garden for them.
0: Yeah. Like, and like what you said there, like if, I suppose if you were to do a hurlem hurling power rankings, like I'd probably have Waterford at number two, actually, given the fact that, you know, they're in an all-Ireland final last year. It's not like this season. It's not like beating Galway and beating Tipperary where, you know, once off, like when you think about it, it beat Kilkenny last year as well. So they do seem to have a knack of, of beating big teams. It just, it's just this Limerick side that they can't seem to get over. It seems to be the one team that they can't seem to, to beat at the moment. Um, Jamie Barron as well, like, when he came back into the side, really came off the bench against Leash and against uh, Bogaway and Tipperary as well. Like, just a tremendous hurler, brilliant in the midfield. And, like, I do think as well, if Waterford had have gotten past Limerick and, and gotten past Cork, let's say, I think Jamie Barron and, and probably Austin Gleeson as well would have been two real contenders for hurler of the year, And in particular Jamie Barron, because he was, uh, like, really, like, when you look at how much better they played when he's in the team, like, it's um it's incredible stuff.
1: It is incredible, and uh, I actually did um, a followers all-star team, and there was only two men other than Limerick players to get an all-star, and that. 30 Limerick men. like That is unbelievable, and rightly so, an unbelievable Limerick team. But the two players were Jack O'Connor and Jamie Barron. That just shows how much of an influence he had in this Watford team. When he came in against Galway, as I said before, Watford were a bit of a rag order. They probably should have lost the leash. It gets Clare to were very, very poor throughout the game, considering Clare at so many wides, and they didn't really put up a challenge. And instantly in the Galway game, he scores four points. What a superb performance! And he controlled the midfield in that day. And you look at the game against Tipperary again; he scores four points. Superb performance, like and against Limerick in the first half again, pretty, pretty good, and held his own against that brilliant Limerick midfield. So yeah, he's been a, he was a revelation. Coming into that Water team in the in the 2021 championship. You look at Austin Gleeson, unbelievable performance. Stephen Bennett putting him over freeze. I think their wing backs performed well as well. Kieran Bennett and Caleb Lyons yet again performed decent. I suppose wasn't as good as last year. Be, you, people might argue, but he was definitely there, thereabouts for at least a nomination for an all-star. He was brilliant. Connor Prunty at full back. They have a very nice team coming around and They'd be a team to fear over the next few years, but I suppose there is the argument they're the Mayo hurling. Whenever they go to the final, they choke, but I suppose the players they have, it's absolutely incredible, and Waterford hurling seems to be on the up, and Liam Cahill seems to be getting a very, very good team in place for 2022.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting, all right? And yeah, you do wonder as well why they still don't bring back Morris Shanahan as well, who's Lighting things up in the in the Waterford, you know, club hurling championship, like I seen there the other weekend. So, it's an interesting one with Waterford, and they do certainly have the options. Would Páirc Mahoney maybe come back at some stage as well, like after his, you know, recent injuries? Obviously, we did, we don't know his situation, but that'd be a, an interesting one as well for Waterford. So, they certainly are. Like, there's definitely a lot of positivity going into into next year, no doubt about it. I suppose the only kind of question would be. You know they do have a very settled squad, and like you know, you would wonder what teams start to figure them out more, but I suppose we thought that this year, and that wasn't the case for Galway and, and Tipperary. So definitely an interesting one. We'll move on to the sides over in Leinster, and I suppose starting with uh with Antrim, an interesting year for Antrim, like we were saying, like they beat Clare in the opening day, they drew at Wexford, uh, beat Leash as well. All those games were at Corrigan Park. I remember even watching them against Kilkenny in the league, and they probably nearly could have won that game as well. And that was away from home. And then in the championship, they just seemed very flat. They lost to Dublin very comfortably. And then against Leash as well, like a result that no one really expected. So an interesting year for Antrim, like good in the league. They'll be in Division 1 hurling again next year, but back down to the Joe McDonough Cup. So in some ways they're taking a step forward, but in some ways they're taking a step back. And I suppose being back in the Joe McDonough Cup, I suppose is a huge disappointment for them, considering how well they were in the league.
1: It is a huge disappointment. And uh, considering... You know, they're one of a few Joe McDonough Cup teams in Division 1. I suppose that is a positive for Antrim that they're playing these teams week in, week out. They're challenging themselves in themselves Offaly who, well, Offaly have performed excellent, as we all know, this season. So that'll be a fight next year between Offaly and Antrim, but Antrim, I'm sure, didn't want to get involved in that. I don't know, would you disagree with this rating, Aaron, here, but I've personally gone for a B. I know they've performed poorly in the Championship, but in the league, they were absolutely outstanding. As you said, the Wexford and Clare results. They should have beaten Kilkenny as well. But look, if they beat Leash in that relegation playoff, I would have given them an A straight up. But considering they lost to Leash, they got relegated. I'd give them a B. But look, it was positive for Andrew, despite going down. Like I think they they can realistically win the at McDonough Cup. They definitely have the players. They have the recruitment there. Darren Gleason. Oh, I suppose there's argument Darren Gleason could go down to Tipperary thinking about it. Someone was saying that on social media. So, but they could lose their manager there, but hopefully not, because, again, like Liam Cahill and Watford, Darren Gleeson is building something there in Antrim, and that'll be a fight. Darren Gleason against Mick Finley, like, um, like 2011 or 2012, all over again, between Kilkenny and Tipperary. So... Look, the Joe Doyle Cup should be very interesting next year, but I suppose Antrim fans didn't want to be in that situation, considering how well they played the league. But overall, because of that Leash results, because they got relegated, I have to go for a B.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I've actually gone for a C, funnily enough. So maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on them. But I, I don't know. I just felt like the way they got beat by Dublin and, and Leash as well. Like I just thought that they they had more to give in in my opinion, and I, I felt like they they just had a little bit more there. I think they definitely had the quality. Um, and the, we just didn't quite see it in, in those two games and I suppose it is an interesting one like maybe they just expanded all their energy too much on the league like maybe they were so focused on the league and they were so focused on staying in division one that you know they kind of just went in with, with their tails between their legs and in the, in the championship a little bit it's a it's an interesting one and I suppose looking through some of their top performers like obviously Neil McManus was was very bright and James McNaughton was another top player for, for Antrim as well like and I suppose like what you said before with them going down to the to the John McDonough Cup, like they'll be down there with Offaly and and, and Carlo, I suppose, are probably carry the closest contenders, but you would give Ansham a very good chance. Like they'll they have been playing Division One Hurling before going into the John McDonough Cup. So they'll, they'll have been playing higher higher level opposition. So like it will stand to them going into the John McDonough Cup and I would have them as favourites at this moment in time.
1: Absolutely, and you've seen it with Westmead this season. Like they played Division One opposition, they challenged Walford all the way, for example, and they ended up winning the John McDonough Cup, romping Kerry in the final. Like, don't underestimate how how important the Division One hurling can be, contesting against these top counties, because it will improve you as a side. Like, I think, I think uh, Kerry lacked that, lacked that intensely definitely in the final, and that cost them. Like, you look at Antrim and Offaly, I think you have to look at them as the two favourites for the Joe McDonough Cup. I know Offaly just came up, but they, let's be honest, they absolutely want the Christie Ring Cup this season. So, I think they'd be the favourites. I don't know, will Kerry feel the hurt over the last two years? Maybe the chance has gone there. Carlo, it's difficult one with Carlo as well because they do have the players, they do have the coach doing well in the Carlo Championship, but do they have the mentality to go for a Joe McDonough Cup challenge? But, Look at overall, I think Antrim and Offaly have to be the favourites to go on and win it definitely to get to the final. So I suppose Darren Gleason has to take positives that way. There'll, there'll most likely be a Krupp Park final yet again. And the more you play in Crow Park, the better you'll get. And the more the more determined you'll get to get up to the top level again. So look at it, it's going to be competitive as well in division one as well. You look at Leash, Offaly, Antrim. Like, between them three counties and possibly Wexford, they have a new manager coming in this season, so how good will they be? Dublin? Well, I suppose Dublin have improved this season, so maybe the chance has gone there, but there's a lot to be positive about next year for Antrim, but they do have to work hard, maybe not as hard as they worked in the league, they maybe overworked themselves, and look, their championship performance wasn't that great, but look... Look, they'll look to the positives for this year. They'll move on to next year. Try stay up at Division One and then do well in the drum at the other Cup and try and win that. And uh, in the fight, most likely against uh, against Offaly.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's spot on. Like, and and moving on to Dublin as well. Like, um, like what we were saying there. Like, obviously, they they gave Dublin a, a good run for their money in the league, but obviously in the championship, it was uh, it was Dublin who comfortably beat them on on both days. But like for Dublin, I've got I've gone I've given them a C. Like, I suppose it's you know they've made some sort of progress this year like a huge win over over galway in my opinion but i do think at the same time like losing to cork and then obviously the defeat as well to uh, in the in the other game as well i can't who, who was it again I was kilkenny in the leinster final i suppose they did have the covid situation so maybe i'm being a little bit harsh on that, on my own county there but i don't know like i just i i still feel like we can do a little bit better and i still feel like i i don't know i feel like a c is is generally what i I'd, I'd go for there
1: Jeez, that is actually very interesting looking at my notes here I personally put down an A I think Dublin did well this season, I don't know, are you being way too hard in your county there Aaron? Maybe
0: I, mean, maybe I am slightly, Yeah, maybe I am a little bit but I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just expecting a bit more or something like that I think because after the Galway win I thought there was so much promise there and yeah fair enough, I, I actually kind of forgot about the, the COVID situation off the top of my head so I suppose when you do consider that and you, you didn't have Roland Hayes Maybe maybe you could bring it up to a B, but I I don't know. I just feel like they they just they just didn't quite show. Like even in the court game as well. Like fair enough, they kind of came back a little bit towards the end of the game, but I still think like they were always beaten. And yeah, I, I I don't know.
1: It's very interesting there, and the reason I've actually put them up as an A, like in the game that they weren't affected by the COVID, they obliterated Galway. Well, I suppose Galway didn't perform well this season, but. Galway we were all other contenders going into it, and that was a superb win for Dublin. And even with the COVID situation, they actually challenged Kilkenny in the first half. So, in fairness to them, they did well that way. And Cork in the first few minutes, you see Cork obliterate Kilkenny in the semi finals. So, maybe you can be too hard in Dublin there, but I think the reason they wilted the second half was probably they didn't have the likes of Ronan Hayes. Or even Forkel Whiteley or Ocean Roar to come onto the pitch, they were huge losses to that Dublin team and they needed everybody firing. Um I I personally went with an A. I I think I'd still stick to an A because I think personally after last year losing I thought they knew, lost more tamely to Cork last year, in the qualifier, in all honesty. Like I thought they'd put up more more of a challenge there. They put up definitely more of a challenge in the quarterfinal until Cork scored the goals and the game was effectively over. So Look, I think there is progress in that Dublin team. It, it goes back to the argument Shane Dowling was saying they're not overachieving or underachieving because I suppose, look, they haven't they haven't done well over the last few years, but everyone knows about the Dublin money situation and all that. Matty Kenny's in charge. They have the players. They have the youngsters coming through. The under-20s proved that this season after reaching the 2020 final, but how many of those have switched to football? Look at Lee Gannon. So, that's going to be a problem for Dublin in the next few years. But for now, I'd have to give him an A because, it's mainly because of the COVID situation and that historical win over Galway.
0: Yeah, I feel like if we had a Gospel semi final maybe and we had a pushed Kilkenny quite closely, then maybe I could have considered an A. But I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like the same old kind of thing for Dublin over in, in Hurling over the past couple of years. Like, fair enough. This year we definitely have made progress. There's no doubt about it beating Galway in in that game like there's there's no two no two ways in denying that like that definitely was significant progress there and I suppose in the Kilkenny game like I was at the game and we definitely did show a, a couple of signs of, of of you know troubling Kilkenny here or there but never really looked like beating them like Matty Kenny as well do you, do you reckon he stays at Dublin do you think I mean fair enough like Galway obviously if uh, you know Shane O'Neill's obviously the part there after two years in charge and Matty Kenny's obviously a, a proud Galway man he's been up in Dublin for quite a while now. Obviously, he's done a, a tremendous job with Kula. has, has obviously been in charge of, of Dublin for the past two years. But what do you think? Do you think he stays? Or do you think maybe he he might see greener pastures at his native Galway?
1: I was seeing that on Twitter today, that he's linked with Galway. That would be very interesting. But you can see why he'd want to go to Galway. He'd want to win. That's probably a more realistic win way of winning in All-Ireland. I know Dublin have the resources, blah, 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 etc. But but I think the football takes precedence in Dublin. And you know that is, as um, any other dub, Baron, to be honest. Like, I was chatting to Daniel Hosea on the podcast, and he was saying their best hurler plays football, Connor Callan. Superb footballer, but he, he is a superb hurler. You've got Derby Connolly over the last few years, Karma Costello, even Lee Gannon. I think he's going to play football. It's inevitable, let's be honest. So, I think that way, I don't think it's a realistic game for Dublin to win the All-Ireland, considering the amount of players that just switch the football automatically. Look, look um, I was hearing Davy Fitzgerald might go to Dublin. I, I don't know what you'd feel about that. Davy Fitzing, Matty Kenny, to Galway. It's like a hurling merry-go-round in many ways. So, look, it'd be very interesting. Would Matty Kenny go? I could see... A- a reason why he'd want to leave because Galway, I think, is a more realistic game for an All Ireland for his CV. And no disrespect to Dublin, no, but I think football takes more precedence in the county, so that would be a particular reason. But I suppose, what would you feel about a different manager? Would you rather Matty Kenny, or would you rather someone like Davy Fitz come in for one or two years?
0: Yeah, I would definitely stick with Matty Kenny. All right, I think Matty Kenny's—you know—he's done a, a great job over the past couple of years. He's brought through the under 20s and I suppose after Anthony Daly left and Jerry Cunningham and whatnot like things were looking a little bleak like bringing Pat Ilroy in as the hurler manager I thought was quite a bizarre appointment in many ways considering you know he is a football man true and true and I know sometimes some managers are good at making the switch Paul Conurk for example has a brilliant football background and obviously we see uh, Anthony Cunningham do it with Ross Common but I just I thought like there was better options at that moment in time so I'm not sure. Like, I think I think if Matty Kenny was to leave, like originally I was thinking Davey Fitz would be a, a good show for for Dublin, but at the same time, you know, you do like it is going to be a rebuilding job. Like, realistically, is Davy Fitz going to win a, a Leinster title at Dublin or is he going to, you know, take us on to the, like will Dublin be in a better place when he leaves? I'm not too sure. Whereas if it's someone else that comes in maybe for a couple of years, you know, maybe someone like an Eddie Brennan or something like that. I know he recently took the Cooler job, but I think he'd be a a good option so it is an interesting one all right but with matty kenny like yeah like i think see i see the thing is as well like is he realistically going to win anything with dublin like can he really take them much further than what he can now like fair enough there's a lot of under 20s coming through like but you're looking at best case scenario maybe you might scrape a lens title but like surely Galway are going to improve kenny are always going to be there wexford as well so uh i mean it's an interesting one definitely
1: it is. You actually mentioned Eddie Brennan going to cooler there. Well, I suppose that's no guarantee he'll not take the Dublin job because I, I even go back to football. Tomás O'Shea took the Offaly job and he was managing Dan Meyer in Cork. So that's that's no guarantee that he's going to you know, stick it out with club. So maybe he'll do a year and maybe he'll get the Dublin job then. And that wouldn't be a bad appointment actually because you see what he did with Leash. He improved him game on game and he was quite unlucky to go out. He went out on bad terms at leash, maybe people would disagree with that. Well, most people probably agree that Colin Parkinson was being a bit harsh on him. But that's a good show, as it was, Eddie Brennan. And considering Davy Fitz, I am here, he lives in Clare now, and he has to it's it's gonna be hard to commute. That was one of the reasons that he failed with Wexford this season. So Eddie Brennan actually wouldn't be a bad show. That's if let Kenny leaves, of course, but I think he's improved Dublin. He definitely improved him this year. So if they lose Matty Kenny, that would be a kind of a blow. Maybe one more year Matty Kenny, but then again, the ship will be gone for the Galway job. So that's for him to decide whether he wants to take that opportunity now or leave it till later on. Like, I'm thinking Eddie Brennan could um, be with cooler for two years. Matty Kenny could have two more years at Dublin and then Eddie Brennan could get, take the Dublin job just like that. So... That would be very interesting indeed, considering if he gets that club experience and gets the experience in intercounty with Leash, look, anything can happen, then he's ready to make to step up with seed. And he's a very good manager. So Eddie Brennan notess you said it, Aaron is a very interesting um candidate for the Dublin job in the next few years.
0: Yeah. Like, and, and I'm sure Eddie Brennan will probably be touted by other counties probably as well. I'm sure if Brian Cody was to step away in the next couple of years and and maybe if Eddie Brennan did win an All-Ireland with Cooler or something like that, maybe he'd be, you know, the next in line. Although I'm sure a lot of people would look at Henry Shefflin automatically. Um, I suppose touch, moving on from that, looking at Galway, I mean, I feel like this has to be an F surely. I mean, lost both games in the, in the championship, their first winless season since uh, 1991 in the championship which really kind of tells its uh its whole story and realistically in, in both games like they only really showed up for the last 10 minutes against waterford and it was mad because they actually played really really good hurling, and they started to play really well like evan island was looking very bright joe canning started to look brilliant as well Brian concannon started to come into the game and like when you looked at them through the league like they beat limerick quite convincingly in that league game and you're thinking it's quite mad how they lost both their matches and um, and I suppose miserably went out of the championship.
1: Took the words out by Motown, really. F. Yeah, I think, out of the counties before we did this, before we recorded, I think there were two in my mind that was bang on 100%. Limerick A, Galway F. Just simple as that. I, I thought they were, they were very, very poor this year, considering most people touted them as all the contenders. And... They lose to Dublin, no disrespect to Dublin now, but they they pushed their standards more than Dublin would, considering the players they have. Look, and Shane O'Neill is now gone. I think that was the right decision, personally, I think. Look, he did well last year, but it was an incredible year in many ways with COVID. Maybe he's been unlucky that way because he hasn't really got the fans behind him, in a way, and he'd have, he had has to deal with all these regulations. So I suppose... He, he didn't get a fair crack of the whip, maybe, but I suppose it was the right decision. David Fitz now being titled for the Galway job. Michal Donahue, like all these managers, they, all these names come in now. And the question is, where will they go? It's like a jigsaw, the hurling jigsaw in many ways. So, look, it, it was an F, clearly an F. Like Galway, they performed only in the last 10 minutes against Waterford, as you said, didn't perform whatsoever against Dublin. They were very, very poor. And considering what they did in the league, I found it quite surprising. And the question is, yes, they have, they have very good talent coming through. And Evan Nyland, uh, Brian Cook Cannon, Kyle Mannion, some very good players there. But will they replace, you know who, Big Joe? Will they replace him in the next few years? That is going to be very, very interesting to see next season.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I suppose Evan Nyland can definitely slot in and, and take the freeze. I and mean, we've seen that. I mean, he was playing in around Joe's position for much of the league campaign and Joe Cannon was kind of going more into midfield. So definitely a lot of question marks and a lot of interesting ones. All right. And I'd kind of put Galway maybe in a similar bracket to Tipperary in in some ways, like both going to have new managers next year, both going to be in a little bit of transition. I'd say Tipperary more so with the fact that Galway have some clear, really good young players coming through at the moment. Well, I suppose you could say arguably for for both counties, but certainly for Galway anyways, it's definitely going to be a, a bit of a transition I'd say over the next year anyways. Kilkenny will move on to them. Um, I've given them a C. I mean, getting to a, an All Ireland semi final, impressive. And they're there, thereabouts. Like they're, they're they're kind of close-ish, you know, of getting over the line. But I suppose at the same time, given Kilkenny's history, I mean, you know, of winning All Ireland's the most successful team, uh, winning All Ireland's like you couldn't really give them higher than a C for for losing uh, an All Ireland semi final.
1: Absolutely, I give them a C as well. I I think. Look, I thought Leinster, it was very, very good in 2019. It kind of peaked at 2019. But this season, I think the quality kind of dropped off a bit. So, And then again, in the Leinster final, not that Dublin were a bad side. They were caught with a COVID outbreak. So I suppose Kilkenny, they won that Leinster title maybe a bit too easily. Like against Wexford, they obliterated them an extra time. Um, Look, I, I'd have to give them a C. Look, against Munster counties, they struggled in league and championship. Like when you consider it the league, yes, they finished top of the group, but the only Munster side they came across, Claire, they lost. Against Cork in the all Ireland Championship, they lost after extra time. They should have been beaten in normal time, in all honesty. So that's the question. I think the hurling stronghold at the moment is in Munster. They hold all the aces. I, I, I don't know about Leinster hurling this year. I thought the quality wasn't particularly there, and considering Dublin had that COVID problem. I don't think the pro- the final was a particular showpiece, in all honesty, it was always going to end one way. So, look, a C is probably a fair reflection considering their history. And the last few years have been very, very disappointing. And considering next year will be their seventh year without Northern Ireland, that's a long, long time for Kilkenny. And, look, I don't know how they'll recover. The young players don't seem to be. Dak, good coming up. I suppose Hugh Lauder is a very good player, Owen Cody, but again, like Limerick, you could say every player and the pitch is top class. You can't say that about Kilkenny at the moment, unfortunately, and yeah, I'd I'd have to give him a C, probably down to the quality of Leinster hurling and the way they lost to the Munster counties this season in the league and the championship.
0: Yeah, like I'm, the underage success definitely doesn't quite seem to be there for Kilkenny at the moment compared with. Other counties and and maybe we you, you would wonder have other counties maybe caught up to what Kilkenny were doing before and maybe Kilkenny are trying to stick to what won them so many All-Irelands and you can understand to why they'd stick to those strategies and whatnot but like what you said seven years now without winning an All-Ireland I can't think of, uh, of a time period longer really maybe you'd have to go back to the 90s or, or something like that maybe for a longer time period when Kilkenny didn't win an All-Ireland so it's going to be interesting over the next couple of years. There's there's no doubt about it. And like what you said, I mean, they do have a cu- a good couple of young players coming through, like Owen Cody, Hugh Lawler, and Liam Blanchfield. Look like a, a very talented hurler there for a while, but for whatever reason, he can't can't seem to get off the bench. So I'm not too sure what's going on there. And they they like from watching them as well, in, in the court game and last year as well, like they don't seem to have that kind of bite that Kilkenny teams would normally have in the past. Like normally you'd see a Kilkenny. Fight, you know, okay, fair enough. They did fight back from the dead against Cork in extra time, but I feel like an older Kilkenny side of maybe six, seven years ago would have went on to win that game. Whereas this Kilkenny side, they they seem to have a bit of it, but they're just not quite the, the finished article.
1: They are, no, uh, what, no, they aren't whatsoever. And even you go back to the underage success in Kilkenny, it isn't great. Like, even they were Leinster champions in 2019 and the monster pointless Cork obliterated them, in all honesty, they. Hammered them out the gate And Look I, I think Adrian Mullen Is another player Looking at it He's a very good young player Coming through But Other than that It's very very hard To look at this Kilkenny team And Just say he He's a star in that position Or he's a star in that position They're They're an average team Let's be honest Aaron. They, they aren't that great They won't strike fear Into The likes of even Cork Waterford Limerick Over the next few years I just think they're, they're just there now. They're, yes, they'll be there and thereabouts. They always will for All-Irelands. For God's sake, they are Kilkenny after all. But I just don't think the players are quite there. I think Brian Cody might be working wonders with the players he has. I don't think the development line is quite there. And it's definitely showing out in the pitch against particularly Munster sides. Watford in 2020, Limerick in 2019 obliterated. They should have won that game. And Cork in 2021. So, I, I, I think it'll sh- probably be a few bleak years for Kilkenny in the next few years. But for now, C is probably a fair reflection. The Leinster Hurling was a great now this year. And look, we could see Kilkenny go backwards, and we'll have to see how long Brian Cody has left in the tank being the Kilkenny manager.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I would expect Brian Cody probably to stay on for another couple of years. I feel like he with the way Kilkenny kind of changed their style a little bit this year and some of the changes he made in the league, like it would be a little bit surprising if he was to step away now. And I feel like we would have probably heard about it by now if he if he was gonna go and step away. As for Wexford, um, obviously they were one of the teams that were beaten by Kilkenny in the in the Leinster Championship, just one championship win this year, and that was against Leash. They lost to Kilkenny and then obviously they were uh, beaten by Clare in that qualifier game as well. Like they showed some fight uh, against Kilkenny. I thought they were really impressive that they, on another day, could have won that game. And it's mad how the, the championship opened up. Maybe you could have been talking about Wexford getting to a, an all Ireland semi-final then, you know, having, having played Dublin, who obviously had a lot of COVID cases uh, in that final. So, you know, and they did show a, a bit of promise against Clare in the second half. But I suppose, all in all, just another disappointing year for. For Wexford, and obviously Davy Fitz has stepped away now. He's he's no longer the, the Wexford senior hurling manager, and I suppose a disappointing year for the for the Yellow Bellies.
1: It is a disappointing year, considering the talent they have in that team. But I suppose twenty nineteen they peaked, winning Leinster and they that was their chance of reaching our hurling final. I don't think anybody would uh, disagree with that. Look, it was a weird year for Wexford. Like against Leach, they absolutely obliterated them. I I watched that game personally. Kilkenny look, I I I thought they were poured off in extra time, they wore out, and then it gets clear, they just weren't all the traps quick enough, and that cost them the game eventually. Uh, personally, I'd probably give them a D slightly under expectations, but uh, way off it as well. I I I think most Wexford people were expecting at least a quarter final appearance. They didn't get that this year with the players they have that was a disappointing aspect. And now they're bringing a temporary coach as their manager. That should be very interesting looking next year. I personally didn't see it coming whatsoever. I don't know how he'll uh, get on being the top dog in the dugout. Like, yes, he was part of that order of winning team with Liam Sheedy and Emmanuel O'Shea in 2019. But you've even seen with Keel O'Neill going to Kildare being the top job. And that the new bridge or Norwood didn't work um, after he won the order with Kerry being their backroom team. So, Usually these sorts of things Don't work too well So it'll be very interesting To see what happens In that situation with Wexford But for this season I'd probably give them a D Slightly under expectations
0: Yeah I'd agree with you there as well I've, I've gone for a D as well Like it, you could give them an F With the fact that You know they, they only well, we'll all due respect Like they beat Leish obviously But you know, they did show, like, they were very impressive against Kilkenny in that game. Like, they did play well. It wasn't like last year where they were really steamrolled in, in both their two games. And even against Clare in the second half, they did show what they could do. It just seemed that in the first half against Clare, they were extremely poor. And like what you said there with Dara Egan coming in, I mean, it's definitely a, an interesting appointment, no doubt about it. I mean, I would have thought maybe they would have went with John moyler maybe. Of uh, obviously he's a you know former Cork manager, but he's obviously doing a lot of job, a lot of working at uh, St Martin's, I believe it is there. So he would have been an interesting show, but I suppose Dara Egan is the is the man they've brought in, and um, it will be interesting to keep an eye on on Wexford now next year.
1: Would be very interesting. Uh, just um, you mentioned that Dara, aren't, thank God because I couldn't remember the guy's name literally. So it it tells you how. How interesting disappointment is. And John Moiler mentioning that, I would have thought he'd uh, step up and become the new Wexford manager. Maybe even Liam Dunn making a comeback. I would have expected that, maybe. But this guy coming out of uh, Tipperary, Darry Egan, I, 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 I don't know about him, to be honest. I don't know. if he cut out to be the top dog in, in management? Will he deal with you know, the big players in that Wexford team, the likes of Rory O'Connor, Connor McDonald, and Lee Chin? They'll make them settle in, no doubt about that, but I don't know, will there be even a semi-final appearance of this Westford team over the next few years? It should be very interesting to see this uh, develop, but I I personally see maybe at most a quarter-final appearance next season, but even with these group of young, very good players, young, hungry players, that'll probably be under expectations as well with this Westford team. I think Wexford people probably want an All-Ireland considering they haven't won one since the 90s, 96 I think it is, so that's a very long time for a proud GA county, so they want an All-Ireland, I don't think it's going to come even within the next 10 years to be honest, so I think this Wexford team is kind of on the way down, Davy Fitz did as much as he could with this Wexford team and I don't know, this appointment strike um, fear into opponents or strike confidence into Wexford fans, but Nevertheless, it should be very interesting going to 2022.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, all right. It's nearly like maybe they, um, you know, kind of used up all their budget with Davey Fitz and, and maybe they've kind of gone for a much more cheaper option or, or something like that. Maybe he didn't fit within the uh, the, the budget, you know, in the Wexford County Board budget or something like that. But we'll see what happens anyways. Moving on from that leash, um, I mean, given where they were at the start of the year, like they had a lot of very bad performances at the start of the year in the league they were you know obviously hammered by Wexford in the championship things were looking quite bleak Uh, got that win over Antrim a huge win their first win of the year and then against Waterford they actually were leading against Waterford going into the final few minutes and you're actually thinking they could pull off a massive shock here obviously Waterford turned it around won the game but I've gone for a B in the end I think they um you know an impressive enough year by their standards they stay in division one hurling they stay in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship as well. So given where they were at the start of the year and given what we'd seen last year as well, given the fact that Eddie Brennan stepped away, I think um, impressive enough from, from Leash.
1: Impressive enough the way they recovered, I suppose. But I've actually gone under that, Aaron. I've gone for a C. I, I, I just think with the players Leash have, I think there was more in that team. And considering what happened that the league at the start of the year, what happened against Wexford, that annihilation, but then they started the turn it on against Antrim, Watford and Westmead the last three games really. And I don't know does that make a summer whatsoever? I don't think it does. I think it kind of papered over the cracks and what was happening what the performances were at the league and the game against Wexford. Yes, Wexford were outstanding but Leash were well well off at that night and Wexford absolutely hammered them. So I suppose they beat Antrim but I suppose when you look at us Westmead they only got just got over the line as well. Like I think I think Westmead had a man sent off. If um, or was it Lee Short? One of them, or maybe both of them had a man sent off. So it was a bit of a crazy game. Watford they could have won that, but they could have won against Clare last season. So I suppose they have the fire in the belly when things go tough. But from the start they don't seem to be at us. Like they weren't at um after against Dublin in the championship last season. Yes, Dublin, Donald Burke was outstanding that night, but they weren't at it from the start, and they paid the heavy price for that, so I think that's where Leash need to improve next year. They need to go full tail for the start, and I suppose save a bit of energy towards the end, like Antrim exposed all their energy, and it cost them. I suppose need to could serve a small bit of energy towards the end, but overall, I'd give them a C in line with expectations. They stayed up in the Liam McCarthy. They weren't impressive in the first few games and they saved their season with a few, um, a couple of good performances.
0: Yeah, and I suppose Patrick Purcell, he was kind of one of the, the main players who really stood out for Leach. I felt he scored one four, I think, in that Waterford game. Very impressive stuff. Um, We'll move on to some of the John McDonough Cup teams. We'll run through these. I suppose Westmead, first of all, obviously, uh, beat, or well not beaten, I should say, they won the John McDonough Cup. Um and obviously they were beaten by Leash so they'll be in Division 2 hurling next year but I've gone for a B in the end like they they done what was needed you could argue maybe they should get an A by the fact that they won the John McDonough but I do think at the same time getting relegated from uh, from Division 1 I do think it kind of balances itself out so I suppose they've done what was needed in, in terms of winning the, the John McDonough Cup what do you think? Um,
1: I've possibly given Westmead an A. I I think look they got relegated for Division Division One, but you let's not forget. Look at the group they were in: Munster teams and Galway. You look Cork, Galway, Tipperary, Limerick. Like how on earth are you supposed to get points out of that? And and Waterford as well. They actually put up a challenge against Waterford. Fairness to them. The only aspect, three points. fair play to them. And against Cork, they they lost actually two players early on. I think it was one of the many was David Lennon. That was a huge huge loss for them. Against the career well, I suppose they got hammered in the other games, but they lost a few key players. They, I think Josh Call did well this season for a young player, scored, I think, three or four points against Cork, and he did well to be on the losing side, scoring that, that score for himself. And then the Joe McDonough, I think they did what was needed. They won the Joe McDonough Cup pretty comprehensively against Kerry. It was a complete performance, let's not forget. I suppose it was overshadowed by the... the the height of the Leinster final coming after that. So I'd give Westmead an A personally. Um, they did what was needed. They won the drum to the Cup and they were competitive against the likes of uh, Waterford and Cork for a few minutes in uh, the games of Division One. Unless I forget Kieran Dial's point, the first day back from COVID. That will be uh, replayed long into into next year or the year after. And I suppose in the relegation playoff. I thought they were a bit unlucky to lose to Leash. and considering Leash or Liam McCarthy side, look, they they lost to seventh Liam, Mc, Liam McCarthy or was sixth McCarthy sides Leash pretty narrowly. They on another day they could have won. So overall, I give them an A. I I think it was a decent season for Westmead.
0: Mm. And as for Kildare, I suppose we'll we'll touch on them. Obviously. Like Westmead, when they played Kildare, actually Kildare gave them quite a, a good run for their money. And Kildare have obviously got a good kind of underage set up kind of at the moment, like a good couple of under 20 players coming through at the moment. But I suppose losing to, to Mead, I mean, that kind of really would have set them back. I mean, everything was perfect in the league and their two performances against Carlo and Westmead were perfect. And then they they, they go and get beaten by Mead. Um, obviously a huge win for Mead and we'll get on for them in a moment. But what have you gone for with Kildare?
1: actually a tough one with Kildare because in the league, I watched one of their matches against Donegal, they were outstanding in that division and they put it up to people in the John McDonough Cup, they were absolutely brilliant and the conveyor belt hand is clearly there, Johnny Byrne seems to be a very good player from centre forward for Kildare Brian Byrne, a corner forward Look, they have some very good players coming through and um, they have very good manager, David Heresy it all looks good for the future in Kildare I've personally gone for a C. I think they were expected to go down most in most people's books. Like, you look at B were probably the next uh, team to probably go down and they lost to B at the end. So, I suppose a C uh, road in the middle. There's some nice players coming through. I think there will be positive positives going to the Christie ring next season considering who's in it. Like, you look at Bayeux, uh, Derry, Sligo. So, I suppose... There is positives there. They could go up again. Like they have the youngsters coming through, and yeah, Kildare hurling seems to be on the up. I'd give them a C. In line with expectations, really.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd go with a C as well. I think. Um, I think obviously losing to Meade, I mean, fair enough. They, but I think you know, given their entirety of their twenty twenty one season, I think they were they were fairly impressive. And I, I watched some of that Donegal game as well, and even Jack Sheridan as well as another. Top class hurler in, in, in that Kildare side. I suppose, speaking of Mead, I mean, they got that incredible win over Kildare, like we were saying before, and, you know, some very disappointing performances in the league and, um, you know, even in the, in the John McDonough Cup at different stages as well. Like they were beaten by Down, I believe, as well, from what I remember. So, I mean, they then go and produce a, a huge win over Kildare, winning, winning by 10 points. So I've gone for a B in the end, you know, to stay in the John McDonough Cup, I think, is a, is a big achievement for them. And, um, I mean, it'd be very tough for them to to stay up there next year, no doubt about that. But for this year anyway, I think, uh, you know, brilliant stuff for Mead.
1: I think it was brilliant stuff for Mead as well. I've actually gone for a B as well, I think. Look, they don't have the quality of players as the likes of Carlo, for example, do, or Kerry do, or even Kildare. You know, I think Kildare have slightly better players than Mead all over the pitch. So to beat them by 10 points brilliant performance and well done to me for staying up. I'd probably give him a B as well. I suppose some aspects of their season were disappointing but the main thing is they stayed up at the job at total Cup for another season but what I will say next season is going to be very very hard for them because Offaly coming to town next season they're going to, you see with the Christy Ring, they obliterated everybody by 40 points or plus and you look at Mick Fenley in charge, Owen Cahill was on form this year they are coming. They are a coming team. I suppose it will be down to, I suppose, Mead's down maybe to go down to the Christy reed Cup next season. So it will be tough for me. But for now, I'd give them a B, yeah.
0: Yeah, and speaking of down, I mean, I've given them a B as well. I mean, they nearly made the John McDonough Cup final in the end. Like, they beat Kerry actually in that final league game. But um, they had to beat them by a certain, a certain margin. I think it was like four or five points or, or something like that. And they didn't quite do so. But they still did win the game, which was fairly impressive and Paul Sheehan looks like a, a top class hurler there at the moment and I suppose like I feel like maybe they're a little underrated a little bit like maybe down like I feel like a lot of people are, are looking at some of the other counties sometimes and thinking oh well maybe down will get relegated maybe because they're an Ulster team and traditionally you know Ulster sides haven't been that good in, in hurling and hurling and down in particular but I think the work that they're doing in particular is, is very impressive like the fact that they're solidifying themselves in John McDonough Cup and um, people forget that last year they beat awfully in the in the Christie Ring. Like they're a good team, and I mean a lot of people might have them as contenders to go down as well next year. But I think in general, like there, there's a lot of good work being done and and down at the moment in in terms of hurling.
1: Yeah, I was I was actually gonna go for a C there, but no, as you mentioned, us probably a B, considering they stayed up, considering they beat Kerry, and considering they're an Ulster, which really despite what Buff Egan says in his stories, it's not a hurling stronghold. Maybe Antrim is but the, around that really isn't. Like they're they're predominantly football. And to put themselves on the map in hurling, it's absolutely brilliant. And considering the young players coming through in football as well, to do it in both holes for a county like down, good achievement and good some good work's been done up there. So I'd probably go for B as well. I think to stay up was brilliant, but as you rightly said, after coming up next season. It's going to be a battle between them and me to stay up. Look at performances this year, I think down might have the slight edge, but we'll have to see next season. But for now, yeah, I'd, I'd go for a B. Like they, for Ulster Hurling, they've done absolutely brilliantly
0: yeah absolutely like and as you were saying like they beat Kerry and I suppose for Kerry like it's hard to know really like they're fair enough they made the the Jomings on a cup final but they're kind of another team where you're like have they really have they progressed from last year probably not I mean they were in a, a group with Meade and down if they were in the other group with Carlo Westmead or you would to swap some teams around would they have went on to make the final I suppose that's a, a big question like I've gone for a C I think you know, still getting to a final should be still somewhat commended. Like, they did still get to the Joe McDonough Cup final, but, like, looking at next year as well, in 2022, like, I think they'll be okay in terms of fighting off any relegation, but in terms of going for promotion, I think it's going to be very tough because, like what you said, you've Antrim in there, you've Offaly coming up, Carlo will probably regroup as well. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them.
1: It is going to be tough for them. I've I've personally gone for a B. I don't know, is that been too nice to carry? Well, that's very unusual for me, as you know. But I, I suppose, look, Kerry is a football stronghold. It's not really a hurling stronghold. It's only really the north of Kerry. I'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if some people in Kerry don't know what a hurley is. In all honesty, like it's all football down there. They live and breathe Gaelic football. Like I think there's only eight north Kerry clubs, and they're at this level in hurling, just below the Liam McCarthy. Like people have to take that into consideration. Like, look, Fintan O'Connor over the last few years, he stepped down, no, but he, he's done an absolutely brilliant job with this Kerry team. And to have players like Shane Conway and Mikey Boyle, to have these players playing for Kerry, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And look, I, I'd honestly love Kerry to, to perform well in Hurling. Like it takes a bit of interest off the football for just a small bit. They could have done it in the last few years. Like I was hearing Paul Galvin and Eamon Fitzmaurice were excellent hurlers back in their day, but obviously for obvious reasons, they chose football. But I'd give him a B because it is tough in Kerry every year. You know, the fans are behind the footballers. Hurling's really put to one side. There's eight clubs. They're overachieving, in all honesty. And I'd probably give him a B. There is some Kerry kids now picking up the hurling stick, which is absolutely brilliant because hurling should be developed more in Kerry. And you see Egan is a Kerry man himself, and he'd want to develop hurling more. So I suppose for the county that's in it, to reach 2 dramatic Cup finals in a row, just below the McCarthy, just off it, I'd give him a B, because personally, I think they're punchy above their weight.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point as well, like when you kind of factor that all in, like the fact that I suppose... You know, that there, there isn't that many clubs in, in in Kerry like that do play hurling. Like I didn't really think of that myself, so it probably is a, a good point. I suppose for Carlo, like they're an interesting one. Like I, I'll be honest, I haven't really seen a whole lot of Carlo to be honest. I've kind of seen them a little bit on the Sunday game and a few YouTube highlights here and there. Like I suppose Marty Cavanaugh, obviously, that was a huge injury, and he what he was unavailable for the Joe McDonough Cup, like and you know, against Westmead, like beaten by five points. I didn't see any of the game now, to be perfectly honest. But it was only five points in it, so I'm sure they were, you know, touch and go with Westmead. They were leading at one point, from what I seen. So, I mean, I've gone for a C. Like I feel like it's it's been okay, like fair enough for them. You know, they haven't got relegated or anything like that. They weren't in a relegation battle. Fair enough, they didn't make the the John McDonough Cup final, but they were in a tough group. Like if they hadn't been. In, like if you had to swapped Carlo and Kerry around for example I mean Carlo probably might have made the final although I think they won't actually be Carlo in the league so maybe not but yeah it's an interesting one what have you gone for?
1: i personally gone lower I've gone D personally I, t- I think Carlo over the last few years have been in the Liam McCarthy Cup and have been constantly in that like you look at the managers they've brought in the background team the players they have I think Carlo should be doing a lot better In in all honesty, I don't know is that an interesting point uh, to you there, but I just think they've performed well in the Liam McCarthy. They were in division one, let's not forget. They were in division one in twenty twenty. Let's not forget that they actually challenged sides like Dublin and Leash in Division One. So I I personally give them a D. Like it's been way too long since Carlo have been outside that Hurling stronghold, and they need to get back there as soon as possible. And the finish I think it was fourth in the group in this group I think it's very poor for the the hor the tradition of hurling in carlo I think it's it's very poor I'll and hopefully they'll get back up because carlo is a is a passionate about their hurling like obviously I had Mark Cavanaugh podcast recently and they are you could see they are passionate about their hurling up there and you look at the clubs they have in mount Linster rangers or or um a few other them clubs like they're they're competitive in the Leinster Club Championship. So the talent is there in Carlo. I'd give him a D. I don't know if that would be for Carlo, but I expect a lot more from the personally.
0: Yeah, I suppose it is a fair point. I just think with the, the Marty Cavanaugh injury, it might have been a, a tough one for, for, for Carlo this year in particular. But yeah, like like what you said before, I think for next year there'll definitely be a, a lot of soul searching, anyways. And I suppose Mount Lancer Rangers, I think they won a, they got to a Leinster final or, or won a Leinster or something like that in the past 10 years. I remember hearing about it anyway. So it will be interesting to see what uh, what happens with them. I suppose just touching on, we'll just run through the Offaly really, to be honest. I mean, Offaly, Mayo and Fermanagh, they all won their respective lower tier competitions. Like Offaly won the Christie Ring, Mayo won the Nicky record and for obviously won the Laurie Mar like all three counties get A's in, in my book and I'm sure you'd probably agree but we'll touch on awfully like I mean huge progress for them this year a lot going right but on and off the pitch with Shane Lowry and with the footballers as well and um, I suppose you know not just winning the Christie Ring Cup as well but they completely obliterated all the teams they played against and also as well got promoted from the, uh, from Division 2 so like to play Division 1 hurling next year like it would be very interesting to see how they get on there
1: should be very very interesting to see how they get on and see look at the youngsters coming through in that Offaly team the players they already have in Owen Cahill and Liam Langton some experienced players like Ben Keneally and Shane Dooley there as well look it, the future is very very bright for Offaly and you see it with McFedley you see it even with Eddie Brennan if a sort of a legend comes in to a smaller county, Darren Leeson as well, they'll just get a bounce off the players completely and it seems to be that way for Offaly and look, we need Offaly back at the top table because as recently as 2013, they challenged Kilkenny all the way, they scored four goals against Kilkenny if many people remember that game. Joe Bergen I think scored twice and uh, Shane Doley scored a half full of points or something, but that was an incredible performance and to think now they were the Christy Ring Cup like, that's pretty damn over, awfully. They were in the Christy Ring Cup for two seasons running, which is, like, it's it's unheard of. And, look, they won all their games. Many people might suggest they shouldn't be in that position in the first place, but they did what they needed to do. They got up to Division One, and they got up to the Joe McDonough. And they're, they're now, in my eyes, they're the favourites to win the Joe McDonough Cup, Cup next year, and deservedly so, because they're a superb outfit. McFinney seems to be doing a good job there. And definitely, without doubt, I'll give him an A.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'd have to go with that as well. I think it's been a tremendous year for them, like obviously being promoted from Division One and a lot of pressure on them as well, like obviously going in this year, considering last year and a lot of people asking a lot of questions of management. And what's actually interesting is they haven't even made that many changes to their panel or to their management. They've just played players in different positions and, and tested a few different things out and played a little bit more on the front foot. So, I think uh, massive congratula- congratulations, Offley Anyway, for for sealing that promotion, I suppose on a side note, we'll just run through hurler of the year and, and young hurler of the year before we finish up. Like, who would you have as uh, hurler of the year in your book?
1: It's an obvious one for me, Keegan Lynch. Superb, like uh, the guy is an absolute baller, and he showed it especially in the All Ireland final. The guy is integral to Limburg. Yes, the Limburg players all over the pitch are just unbelievable, but I think this guy. It's just magic. He's Harry, as someone might describe him, he's Harry Potter on the slitter with a stick in his hand. Superb. Absolutely superb. And Kieran Carey would definitely be proud of this guy. He's, a, he's a, such a superb talent. And he tied with Cork in the All-Ireland final, especially without a doubt for me. I know Kyle Hayes performed well. And um, I suppose Nicky Quaid might be up there, Declan Hannon for his performances, Peter Casey. But have to give it for Keane Lynch, super so parlor. That's all that needs to be said, really.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's hard to, to go against Keane Lynch. I mean, I'd, I'd look at Dan Morrissey maybe as well. I feel like he deserves a a big show considering how well Limerick uh, played and how defensively well they played, especially his performance against Patrick Horgan in that All around final. I thought it was tremendous. Like when they were throwing or floating a lot of long balls into him, but yeah, I don't think you can really argue too much uh, against Keane Lynch. And in all honesty, I mean, he's just a, a wizard on the ball and. many ways and and the Ronaldinho of hurling is what I've uh, I've heard as well like a tremendous uh, hurler I suppose for young hurler of the year I think Jack O'Connor is probably a a good bet here for Cork I mean very impressive stuff and could very well be in contention for an all-star himself as well and a tremendous year for him.
1: Superb year for him and um, I suppose in 2018 I, I said to my fellow Cork fans this is the guy to change Cork hurling like most people laughed at that comment, but I've seen him for Sarsfields down through the years. The guy is an absolute goal-getter. He gets the ball, he runs straight towards goal, and that's what Cork fans needed over the last few years. And We got it finally this year when he started to gain more game time, and what a season. What a season. Maybe he was marked out of the game against Limerick, but that's testament to how well the Limerick backs did on him. But that goal against Kilketty will go down longer than memory end. Super performance for Jack O'Connor. I suppose a few other Car players, Shane Barris, when he came into the fray, did well enough. Owen Cody might be considered again this year. I suppose Limerick players maybe a bit too old for this award. So I suppose Jack O'Connor would be the obvious candidate. Maybe there's others in there. Maybe Mark Rogers for Clare or Aidan McCarthy. Some very good young players there, but Jack O'Connor for me as well. Super talent.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. I think Jack O'Connor is definitely my pick anyways. Um, but yeah, cheers anyway, Matthew, for, for coming on. Um, I'll link down your, your podcast down below for anyone to, to go ahead and, and check it out on, on Spotify and your Instagram page as well. So um, yeah, cheers, Matthew, for coming on and cheers for your time.
1: Thanks very much, Aaron.